Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water, a closer look at agriculture in South Carolina and conversations between the current and future leaders of agriculture in the Palmetto State and experts from across America. Presented by the students of the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture and John De La Howe. From our campus in McCormick County, here's our moderator, Asa Simmons. Welcome to this edition of Carolina's Field, Forest, and Waters. I'm Asa Simmons, and I'm joined by Doe Brockman and Aaliyah Montgomery. Our guest today works with, works, works with a program designed to connect South Carolina farmers, schools, and communities to put local, to put healthy, healthy local food on, on, cafe, on cafeteria tables across the state, our state. The South Carolina Farm to School program promotes agriculture and nutrition and nutrition education and creates educa educational opportunities for students around the state. Our guest from the South Carolina South Carolina's Department of Agriculture, Mr. Ma Michael Cranford. Yes. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for for being here. Honestly, um, so can you just describe your What's your like job description basically? So I am a marketing specialist with the South Carolina Department of Agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, with that, I wear a couple multiple different hats. Um, one of my roles is I serve as a marketing specialist for specialty crops. So that's uh, fruits, vegetables, uh, tree nuts, flowers, honey. Um, I work to kind of promote those, but I also serve as the uh, coordinator for South Carolina Farm to School program. Mm -hmm. um, so in that, we try to promote farm to school um, or farm to school programs and efforts. So a farm to school program is uh, generally defined um, by three core elements. So you have agriculture or agricultural or nutrition education. Um, you have local procurement, so getting um, local food on the school's cafeteria trays, and then you also have school gardening, so giving students kind of those experiential, um, hands-on opportunities in agriculture. And um, this also involves um, things such as uh, culinary trainings and other things as well. Considering your, your job, how do you think that this could help food deserts in South Carolina? Mm -hmm. So I think... One thing that's important to realize is um, buying local um, produce. So typically it's going to be um, healthier for you. It's going to be fresher. It's going to taste better. Um, and so that's one component that we're trying to do. But um, – Really, the farm school program is also a form of market development. It enables one, um, of course, it brings about future markets where you have students where they're growing up with um, local food. They're building those uh, healthy habits that will eventually last with them for their lives. But it's also engaging with farmers, um, building them up, to where they are able to provide more to the local supply chains. So there, you have a lot of small farms in the area, and it's kind of one of our goals to is to help those small farms 
build the infrastructure to work with different um, groups, different uh, retailers, wholesalers, distributors, uh, food hubs, um, to really have this local food come into our system where it can then go out into our communities, um, especially um, focusing on those communities where it's not been previously available. Um, we want fresh produce to be available around the entire state. I have a question. Um, like you said, it's in the state. Would you ever in the future want to expand what you have already in South Carolina? Would you want to like expand it to different other part of the states, even to California? Would you want to do that in the future? So our main focus is South Carolina growers. So each state does have a program usually um, devoted to farm to school. Um, so there's actually a, each, about every two years, there's this um, event, it's called the um, Farm to School uh, State Agency Gathering. So you have representatives from different Department of Educations, different Department of Agricultures, um, where they actually meet up and kind of share ideas um, about how to really bring farm to school activities to their local schools and local communities. Okay. Um, uh, another question I have is considering that you do bring, considering that you do bring like um, vegetables and produce to, to those in, to, to those in smaller communities, how can, how do you think that can help with the, with the rise on like, you know, obesity and heart disease? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, Again, going back to kind of what I mentioned earlier, um, the earlier you start out, uh, I think learning a habit, um, really kind of building that knowledge early on, um, I think enables students to take those habits with them, to develop them as adults, to build these healthy lifestyles that remain with them. Um, one thing with farm to school is it does every part of the state has a school um so that's really a market um, for fresh local produce in every part of the state um, but it's not just providing food it's also providing that um, educational aspect so students one know where their food comes from know where to get the freshest most healthiest food but also, too, they know how to make the right choices in regards to their diets, in regards to um, how they're fueling their bodies with food. Okay, so how do said people get into the program that you've made? Because a lot of people, like myself, what I used to eat, I would not know where it come from. I would just eat because my mom cook it, and if I don't eat it, I would starve. You know, <laughs> um, I like some people don't know where their food come from, or actually even how to garden. So, how do you get those type of people to actually come in your program? So that's a really good question. Um, so. One of the things that South Carolina Farm to School program does is we're trying to promote those farm school activities throughout the state. Mm -hmm. um, we also promote various resources. We have a newsletter that goes out each month. Um, it's available on our website. But really, so 
obviously the main beneficiary or what we hope is the beneficiary of the farm school program would be our students. Um, so they're, they're kind of our beneficiary, but our target audience is really three groups of people. We have our teachers and our agricultural, agricultural educators. We have our food service staff and food service directors. Mm-hmm. And then we have our farmers. Um, so we're working to connect those groups together um, to really provide the information and provide the resources that they need um, to kind of pass both the education on to our students, but also um, the nutrition to our students. Um, a question a question I have is, um, you know, even if you put, like, vegetables in front of a kid, they're not necessarily going to eat it because they're kids. But, I mean, how do you actually encourage kids to eat vegetables? I mean, because, like, some, some educational programs can be very – not that interesting very boring so how how do you actually encourage kids to actually eat the vegetables that are in front of them and the the produce that's in front of them yes that's a really great question and I can speak from my own experience for years I would not eat broccoli and (laughs) the reason why is my school growing up I just remember I think all they did really to broccoli was maybe boil it and maybe add a little bit of butter or salt. Um, but it wasn't the most uh, flavorful uh, thing to eat mm. and definitely <laughs> didn't smell good. I can tell you that. <laughs> and smell is a big part of taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple things that we do. Um, one is that we try to offer our food service staff throughout the state with various opportunities for culinary training so they learn different ways to prepare different vegetables in ways that are more appetizing to students. Um, but another thing, and this goes back to the experiential education, what we've seen often is that students are more willing to try something that they've had a hand in creating or growing. So we oftentimes with the school gardens, we also like to promote uh, teachers holding taste tests. So this is an opportunity to take something out of the garden that the student has planted from seed. They've watered it every day, and by the time it's ready to harvest, they're actually excited about it because they've seen the input. Um, And so that's another good way to encourage students to really try some of these vegetables, especially some of the leafy green ones that don't look the most appetizing. So we try to teach um, students to be respectful um, of each other's taste because everybody has a little bit of a different culinary taste. Um, And so there can be kind of a peer pressure if everybody says this food is yucky to also agree with that. Um, There's actually a group that works in the farm school atmospheres down in Charleston as a nonprofit um, called the Green Heart Project, and they work with uh, school gardens um, and also do taste tests. But they have one rule that I really enjoy, um, and when they're doing these taste tests, they ask their, or they tell their students this one rule is: "Don't yuck my yum." And it's, <laughs> it's uh, alliteration. And it sounds funny, but it really is a good way. 
um, to show, hey, our taste buds are different. It's okay not to like something. And I think that's something, too. A lot of times it's easy for a parent to say, eat this. It's good for you. You have to eat it. But sometimes something can just be a little bit too strong for our taste buds. But over time, our taste buds also change. Um, there's a lot of foods I eat now that even in, like, high school I wouldn't go near. Um, <laughs> but having that, again, appreciation, um, respect to where students are able to kind of eat their food without pressure of, you know, somebody thinking that what they're eating is gross, it really also encourages them to be open to trying new foods. So I know how you said you will work with teachers and stuff, but what about, like, clubs and organizations like FFA or 4-H, do you often have them help out with the farm to table or farm to school? Mm -hmm. So we're more so, I guess, at the agency level. So we, we try and coordinate more so with the directors, um, I guess, so food service directors. Uh, we try and communicate with the different agency heads of FFA of 4-H. Um, there's also some groups. Uh, Farm Bureau has a really good program called Ag in the Classroom. Mm -hmm. And then Clemson also has a program called uh, Clemson School and Community Gardening. So we really work kind of at a statewide level um, to really have that impact, see where we can share information, share resources. But at the same time, we do, um, when there are opportunities, we try to support each other. Um, so we attend each other's events. Um, we provide like a lending hand, like one of the things actually this week, there's actually a uh, school up in Greenville County um, hosting a farm day for students. So we'll be up there um, helping to promote the event, um, helping with any sort of logistics they might need. Um, so that's a good question. Um, so I'd say it's mostly kind of at the agency level or the director level, mm -hmm. but we are um, willing and excited to help out with individual groups as well. Um, a question I have is um, see, seeing how heart disease greatly affects, greatly affects um, the African-American community, how do you think that this can benefit um, a, um, you know, disadvantaged communities that are predominantly black? Yeah, that's a really good question um, again. And so for those that might not be aware of it, um, I think actually it's in America, roughly 80% of diseases are actually preventable by diet. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something that predominantly affects African-American community and people of color. Um, I think there's um, – obviously we have areas like food deserts where there's been social inequality before. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of put these groups at a disadvantage. Um, and so what we're able to do, again, is we're hoping that food can become more accessible. We're working with those farmers to make it local food more available to all people throughout the state. Mm -hmm. um, we're working to educate um, young children so that they know what they can put in their bodies to maintain these healthy lifestyles. And ultimately, 
avoid those diseases, avoid the healthcare costs associated with those diseases. Um, again, it's, it is a crazy number to think that 80% of diseases in the United States are associated with diet. Um, so <laughs> being able to fix that, that that's really a huge huge thing that could help out our country you're right um leading on well adding on to her question do you think like the reason why so many people you know don't eat the right food but not the right food the healthiest type of food and doesn't really have good diets do you think it's because of like social media and uh, what they see on TV, do you think that kind of correlates into, you know, them and the way they eat? Because McDonald's come on the commercials almost every day, and you're like, oh, that looks good, better than a Zaxby's salad. <laughs> so, you know, you would want a McDonald's burger, before, you want a Big Mac before you want a, a salad from Zaxby's. So do you think <laughs> a lot of that is because of social media and technology It kind of, portrays our mind to think that that's better than a salad, do you think? So that's a really good point. Um, and there's a lot of things um, really at play there, I think. Obviously, a lot of these companies, um, they're able to put in probably more marketing funds and promotion funds than um, your typical farmers. But mm -hmm. South Carolina Department of Agriculture, we actually – um, have several groups housed that really work to promote the local produce. Um, we have our own program, Certified SC, um, or Certified SC Grown, where we promote the local uh, produce and local food products in the state. Um, we actually have a consumer awareness plan, uh, or a consumer awareness um, program, where we are showing people on social media and online um, how to where to purchase their food, how to prepare it, uh, how to store it properly so it's safe to eat. Um, so we really try and do a lot of promotion to kind of go against that. Um, I guess grain of uh, what would be the quick food because um, <laughs> slow food. I guess the term is uh, slow food. It really is uh, healthier for you. So patience is the key. <laughs> patience but also to education mm -hmm. it's really a lot of um educating people that what they put about what they put in their body and how to again um, live that healthy lifestyle so it's not just about like the food itself it's also about teaching them the lifestyle and the the habits and stuff like that it's basically like a generational thing because my family did not teach me oh this is healthy mm -hmm. they i grew up on Grease, I had to sum it up, <laughs> Grease. So they didn't really, really push me to try, oh, there's a, a nice zucchini right here. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a nice, you know, cabbage. And when they would make those cabbage and zucchini, they would put grease in it with like, it kind of like Soul makes food. it less healthier. Soul food. Yes. Yeah. And I, do you think it's a generational thing? I think generational and also cultural. I mean, mm -hmm. we live in the South, and oh, yes. 
even our vegetables are fried here. Um, <laughs> okra. I mean, I love fried okra. I love uh, fried green tomatoes Ooh. and everything else. It, it's so good. Yeah. And it's probably not the healthiest, but it's still, I think, better than what you could get sometimes processed where it's coming from miles away. Um, I think... So I think there is kind of a generational aspect to it in the way that we do pass on our food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say that, you know, you learn the recipes that your parents cook. Mm-hmm. And so if your parents take the time to um, cook a healthy meal, they know how to do that. They're going to pass down that skill, those skills and knowledge mm-hmm. to their children um, and so I think it is an important part to, um, educate people, um, not just the students themselves for when they grow up, but also to, um, educate families as well. Um, one of the things that we try and do as well as part of farm school programs, we put out recipes for various types of produce. Um, this gives, um, people an opportunity to try um, produce or fresh fruits and vegetables in a manner that's different but still healthy. Um, A question I have is, you know, how do farmers get involved? Mm -hmm. So we're actually in the process of revamping it, uh, this program a little bit, but we have a program called a Farmer Profile. And so a farmer can fill out this information it will tell um, about what their growing seasons are, what they grow, what their food safety certifications are, whether they allow field trips, um, various things like that. And so this just allows a quick, brief way um, for schools in an area to go on to our website and look up what farms might be in their area Um, reach out to these farmers um, to purchase food from um, or to ask about a field trip potentially. Um, So we hope to have uh, that updated really soon. Um, The other thing they can do is they can contact uh, myself at the Department of Agriculture, um, and I'll have a conversation with them. We will kind of go over what they're trying to do, what they're growing, who they're trying to sell to, Potentially, if that's a school, I'll walk them through the steps of how to approach a school, um, what questions are good to ask. We have that listed on our website as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what they might need to expect as far as what the school desires. Um, and then I can also put them in contact with the food service directors of the schools surrounding them. Uh, another question I have is, um, considering that, you know, like, produce that there are there are food deserts what have you ever thought of like um maybe talking to large corporations like a food line or big wiggly and possibly either making locations where people can access vegetables and you know being able to actually trust the access towards it Mm -hmm. so with farm school program we are more so focused at the school level but the Department of Agriculture, we absolutely do work with these various programs. Um, we meet um, with several of these um, 
corporations. Um, during COVID, there's a tremendous amount of work being done to work with the local food hubs, to work with several of the local distributors, to put out um, food boxes going out to the community. Um, there's actually a USDA grant program right now. It's called the Local Food Purchase um, Assistance Program. And it actually, the way the program works is we work with various aggregators in the community. So this could be a food distributor. It could be a food hub. And so they buy food from smaller, socially disadvantaged farmers. Um, so these farmers are usually people of color, um, women farmers, and veterans, and different other groups as well that USDA has classified as uh, underserved. And we actually deliver this produce or we work with those um, aggregators to um, purchase this produce or purchase these food products and to then deliver them throughout the community to food banks, to um, different uh, roadside markets where people in the community can then pick up the produce. Oh, yeah. Um, one more question I have is, considering that, you know, the around the average age of a farmer is like around like 60. Mm -hmm. How do you think that this can further encourage, you know, people of the younger age to actually go into agriculture? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, so I think the national average is 58 and in South Carolina is uh, 60 something. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a couple different things that farm school program can help. Um, one, obviously, you have that early um, hands-on experience working in, like, a school garden. It can teach you about agriculture. It can get you excited. But I think one thing that we can also do is promote that there is a large range of careers in agriculture. It's not necessarily working in a field um, all the time. And farmers really kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but there's jobs um, in like accounting, there's jobs, mm -hmm. there's agricultural lawyers, there's ag engineers, um, tons of different scientists um, within the agricultural field, and they're all important to um, the success of our country and our state's agriculture. Um, so promoting, I think, the opportunities in agriculture is also an important role, I think, um, of the farm school program. So you teach them about the, uh, the, the, the future jobs and uh, what they could also use this education like in, correct? Yes, and that's one of the things I think. Um, so I've spoken in a few career days at schools. Um, that is a common question we get is, what sort of jobs are there in agriculture? Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of people do. They, they think of it as solely being in the field picking fruits and vegetables and that's great i love doing that but it's not for everybody um but everybody agriculture is something that everybody can have a career in um so i think it's really worth it promoting um, that idea that and that's something that people can develop kind of an interest in agriculture even if they aren't necessarily going to be the boots on the ground, hands in the field uh, type farmer, that they can still be involved in the agricultural industries. 
But we also, again, we love for people to get their hands dirty. We love for people to, you know, work with livestock, work with um, different um, agricultural crops, learn those skills. Um, so we're going to try and promote that. Um, I think there's a lot of great agencies around the state that really do promote that, whether it's farm to school, whether that's 4-H, FFA, um, ag in the classroom. Um, it's really kind of exposing students at a young age to what the potential might be in agriculture. So I know that, like, eating a lot of fruits and veggies that's the most healthiest thing you can do as a human being. Um, but do you think that there are any mm, let's see, flaws to eating vegetables like when, and, like, anything healthy in general? And I'm not talking about just, like, uh, physically, but also mental, like, eating disorders and things like that. Do you think that eating vegetables and fruits can be just as harmful as it is good so i think the question would be is the concern or i guess the if somebody is so focused on their health will they de develop an eating disorder i think that's really more so a question not so much of wanting to be healthier in eating vegetables to Rather, it comes down to more so like a body image or how you value yourself. Um, so I think from that standpoint is if you value yourself and you want to eat healthier because you do value yourself, then it's good for you. Um, eating fruits and vegetables, eating um, healthy proteins, um, it's going to actually enable your brain to work better um, to really function better and be happier. Um, I think the issue that goes back to, again, if you have kind of a negative view of or you don't see the value in yourself is where um, you have some of those mental um, health issues. But, of course, too, sometimes um, there are things beyond just – things like body image there's also genetics at play mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I really do believe that eating fruits and vegetables and eating fre um, what fresh local meat um, protein sources like that I think that, that really does enable your brain to work more healthfully mm -hmm. um, it's not going to fix everything as I said there's a lot of reasons for mental health issues um, but I think that it does go a long way in helping us to kind of our bodies to kind of regulate a lot of um, our emotions or how our body feels. What are some of the most innovative schools you've seen in this program so far? So there's several schools really that we would say are kind of rock stars. John Dale Howe. Um, so John Dale Howe, <laughs> yes. This uh, started in 2020 as the uh, Governor School for Agriculture. So already within that three-year time span, it's been exciting to see what John Dale Howe has done. Um, there's also several other uh, areas so uh, that we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of momentum lately. So um, Florence uh, District 1, they recently – 
um, purchased an area of land um, to have a farm there. Um, it's really so. It was kind of an idea of a former. Well, he was a teacher and still is a teacher. Um, but it was kind of his vision. He started out with just a garden at his school, and now they have several acres of building where they can host students to learn about agriculture, to learn about the environment, forestry, different topics like that. They have an indoor like kitchen space so students can learn culinary skills. And then they have a greenhouse and raised bed. So that's um, turning into an area where students are really able to get their hands in agriculture um, and learn about various topics. Um, there's another school district uh, in Spartanburg, so Spartanburg School District 6. So this is actually it's a farm that's owned by the district, and they are both organic, so USDA certified organic, and uh, GAP certified. And so the district owns the farm, and the farm is actually able to provide um, produce for the students of the district. And not only that, they're now getting to a point where they are selling to, um, they are selling to other school districts um, and working, they've gone even beyond selling just straight produce. They are also working with um, one of the local food hubs in the area, um, I think up in Greenville or Spartanburg. So they are taking some of their products. So one, I've, tasted is uh, they grew zucchini and so they sent the zucchini to a food hub so food hub i'm not sure if i've mentioned it too is a facility for kind of distribution it's like an ag a site for aggregation so you can aggregate for, from multiple farms buy it um food hubs can also oftentimes process food and produce and then they also can distribute it be a point for distribution um, but this food hub, so the director at Spartanburg 6 will sell some of the produce to the food hub to have it processed and then buy it back in different forms. So rather than just having a zucchini that goes to the students, they can actually have it made into a item like a zucchini squash fritter that they can cook. And it's very tasty, <laughs> I will say that. Um, so Spartanburg 6 is a good example. Um, and really there's so many others that I'd love to talk about. Um, just all around the state, we have various teachers that are passionate, various food service directors that are passionate where they are really trying to expose their students to agriculture. Okay, so all this talk about produce. And uh, so what would you say your favorite uh, fruit and vegetable would be? Okay, so... Favorite fruit would probably be a peach. Oh. So I'm actually going, I guess, <laughs> so believe it or not, the state fruit of South Carolina is a peach. Mm -hmm. And we are, what I would say is, so Georgia likes to claim that they're the peach state. We like to call ourselves the tastier peach state. <laughs> um, one, because our peaches are tastier. But two, we actually produce more um, peaches than Georgia in most years. Um so the state fruit is um, peaches, and I'd say that's probably one of my favorites. Um, you only really get it in the summertime mm. um, locally. And then my favorite vegetable is probably, so the state vegetable is okra. 
I mean, no, not okra. Sweet vegetable is collards. Yeah. So I really do love collards. Me too. But I also really enjoy okra. Um, <laughs> okra during the summer, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it grow. It can just grow so tall, and you have to pick it almost every day because it is just producing so much. Yes. Um, and so I've grown it before, and you end up with so much okra, you don't even know what to do with it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so you learn how to cook it in so many different ways, where it's frying it, mm. um, pickling it. Um, yes, yeah, so like I learned how to can and pickle my own okra one year. Um, and then there's also I've seen places that will do fried pickled okra. And that's really good. <laughs> um, so kind of combine those two. Um, so I'd say favorite fruit is peach. And then I think my favorite vegetable is probably in between okra or collards. Okay. Well, a big thank you to Mr. M- Mr. Michael Crawford from the SC Department of, Star- of Agriculture. And I thank you for and thank you for tuning in to this edition of Carolina's Field, Forest, and Waters. I'm Asa Simmons, al- along with Aaliyah Montgomery and Del Brockman. Join us next time for another conversation about agriculture here at the at the Governor's School for Agriculture at John Delahoe. Carolina's Field, Forest, and Water: A closer look at agriculture in South Carolina and conversations between the current and future leaders of agriculture in the Palmetto State and experts from across America. Presented by the students of the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture at John De La Howe. For more information on the South Carolina Governor's School for Agriculture, visit our website at delahowe.sc.gov.